everybody, yeah, welcome to the Ian and Jorge podcast. We <laughs> yeah, let's take over. over. All right, uh, we are taking over. We are the jockeys now. Uh, just like morning zoo talk show. The, the like, Ian and Jorge. I was going for some sound effects. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can't do an air horn with my mouth. Well, that was pretty good. I I hated it. Sorry. The Ian and Jorge show. Yes. Hi. How you doing? Maybe we'll make a competing podcast. Yo. No, just just like I a mean, we segment. probably shouldn't. We, no. Lay out our plans in front of them. We oh, should, yeah, we should right. whisper. No, no, no. Cut this. <laughs> Cut this from from now. We are your friends at Fangamer, and this is the podcast where you get to hang out with weirdos who work at a video game merchandising company. I'm your host, Charlie, and I'm joined today by Ian and Jorge. Say hello. Hi. Hello. So we're recording this episode well beforehand, but I expect it'll, re- it'll actually release around Halloween, so I'm obligated to try to make this a somewhat spooky episode. Oh, no. Oh, no. I have a bunch of questions I'm planning to ask you guys in order to get to know you, but they say you only truly get to know a person when they fear for their lives. Oh, no. So, tell me, what's the most scared you've ever been in your life? Right now? Do you want to <laughs> take this on first? I can I can go ahead. I can tell you exactly uh, the moment. Oh, oh, oh you right. have a real thing? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I only have jokey things. There were... Oh, really? <laughs> well, okay. There was a... Wait. No. I can't talk about this. This is gross. Oh, then we definitely I had to a, it. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. Yeah, I had a, so I had a... Okay, so I had an issue. I had to go to the doctor for an ear infection. Oh, boy. And they... See, I was a teenager. I didn't take care of myself. I'm sorry. In advance as, as, for, as this, for how this story... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, let's, let's, let's get in the theme here with, with the spookiness. I couldn't hear anything out of my left ear because it got swollen. And then later on... When I took like my medication to like my antibiotics to like get rid of the swelling, I had to go to the doctor to get it cleaned because we got to make sure like everything's fine. And they used a little tube to suction out all the oh. junk in there. <laughs> and oh my god, the pain! I thought I was gonna. I was like, no, something's gonna happen. It's just gonna... I don't. This doesn't feel good. I want to go home. <laughs> And I was I was pretty freaking I was freaking out there. I mean, you think that's too close to your brain to have anything. I know that's like, that was my thought too. Like, what are you gonna hit back there? I I can't like stop sticking this tube inside my ear. You're gonna suction out my brain matter. And I was pretty scared there. I actually like like I gripped my hand so much that the doctor noticed. And he was like, oh, does it hurt? <laughs> I'm like, no, it's going to be great. <laughs> and I was like, I'm fine. Don't worry. Just keep going. That was a, that was a very scary. It's not a spooky kind of scary. It's more no, like no, a. That's, that's some actual, like, um, I wonder if I'm going to die situation. I mean, yeah. Body so, horror is still scary. That was, okay, yeah. You can, you can categorize yeah, it yeah, as yeah. body horror. You're absolutely right. It happened around Halloween. If you just frame <laughs> it, that's when it happened. It's spooky. Yeah. And I can tell you another story. This one might be dark, though. I don't know. If... Reason for the season. Here we go. Okay, so I'm in my house, my parents' house. This was, like, years ago. And I was I was kind of like a night owl at the time. And I was coming out for a midnight snack. And 
on the corner of my eye, I see, like, the shadow of someone, like, hanging from the window. And I freaked out. And I'm like, no, what happened? And I turn on the light, and someone just put a shirt on a hanger <laughs> by the window. And I got so mad. And I'm like, this ooh, isn't... And, and, like, this, this to me is, like, kind of, like... Like that—that that was legit scary for me. Like I—I <laughs> I don't even know if like I should make light of it, but like it was a moment where I legit went like gasp out yeah. loud, like oh for no! Sure. And I turn on the light, and it's just a shirt hanging. And then I got incredibly upset <laughs> with whomever did this, <laughs> and I said, "Never again." <laughs> I've done that to myself. Really? Which is even worse when you're suddenly angry with yourself for why did I hang this in a weird spot and then the light hits it at just a weird angle oh at God. night. Okay. Uh, okay. So you reminded me of one more. I'm sorry. No, I'm ahead, sorry. You reminded, uh, Ian, you reminded me of one more. You are easily spooked, my friend. Yes. So okay. So and this one, this one is funny, funny. So you know, to lighten the mood. When I when I used to work at the theater, um, as an usher. The theater or like the, the theater? No, not the theater. The oh. theater. <laughs> so, or the cinema, I guess. So, And then um, uh, at the time, I Am Legend came out with Will Smith. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I saw they were throwing away a Will Smith standee from I Am Legend. Mm. And I thought it would be funny if I took a Will Smith standee to my house. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I asked the manager nicely and I was able to do it. And... That night was great. Like we just took photos with him, and like we like put like uh, we like put like what do you call the 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 bath things you put on your head to shower, shower cap? Yeah, yeah, we put shower caps on him. We put like we put like jackets, and we're like, ah, yeah, here's Will Smith, yay! Because in your in your your mental map of Will Smith, he, he is canonically in a shower cap. I guess now he is. Right. But here's where the the scary thing comes in. We're He's done. Old. We're done. And I just put him in the closet. You can see where this is going. Yeah. And I mean, the next day I wake up and I open my closet, like get my clothes, and I kind of part the clothes, and there's just a man standing behind my clothes. And I went, oh no! And I, and I realized I got a freaking Will Smith standee yesterday. Of course, this was gonna happen. And then ever since that, ever since it's just been kind of a joke to like put him in places in my house yeah. where people just wouldn't know he was there. And then it stopped being funny because then like, you would legit be yeah. like, someone's there. So we threw it away. Oh, <laughs> oh. I mean, go. We got a lot of that stuff around here after because uh, we have our the mannequin who we who was our uh, our little boy Lucas who was at. Uh, I remember that. That gets me going into the yeah. the, the lunchroom just every time. Just <laughs> he's just he just stands there. He just short I, we had to... at the end of the hall. Wait, oh, that's not a person. Yeah, okay, forget. <laughs> he is oh. in the corner every time. I'm like, yeah. child over. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he gets us. He gets us all the time. I mean, he, we, we have stopped. We had to stop leaving him places. Like, now at least we know where he is. Now as if he's not there, it's a problem. Good. It's like whenever you're just walking through the room and you see you see him and you kind of nod at him. Mm. And then you're walking out of the room and you hear a noise. You look back, he's not there. Not there. Oh, shoot. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's actually get to know you guys a little better. Jorge, Wait. tell me a bit about yourself. Who Wait, are you real? and what do you do? Real quick though, we oh. did, I don't know what e- scared Ian. Oh yeah, oh, what's my real one? Yeah. Um, getting the Sparks notes on what the questions were going to be like a half hour before the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that was the scariest moment. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but it's fine. I think I've. I think I've. You sure? Solid answers. All right. All right. Cool. You're, so you're, you're ready. <laughs> 
<laughs> you have a firm grasp of your identity and you're ready to share it with the world. No, but I am ready to share it. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> uh, Alright, uh, so Jorge, tell me a bit about yourself. Who are you and what do you do for Fangamer? Hi, I'm Jorge. I am a freelancer for Fangamer. I've done everything from prints to pins to shirt designs. I'm actually the artist who did the first Fangamer print. Uh, the I don't know if you remember this one, The Year the Earth Stood Bound. Oh, yeah. I think that was me. Yeah, for sure. That was, that was Fangamer's first print back in 2008, 2009. And my we, still, latest... we still carry it. It still goes pretty well. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Okay. Whoa. Um, <laughs> I, even I didn't know that. So right now I do mostly shirts. The latest shirt I that went live with Fangamer that I did was uh, the Blaster Master Zero 2 and Breath of Fire 2. Mm-hmm. Destin Allies, I think it's called. Yep. Uh, and I remember you also did, I think, that the um, the side panels for the arcade cabinet that we yeah, made. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that was me and Jack cabinet. Murphy did that together. He he laid it out for me. Like, he made the template and, like, the cabinet design, and then I drew, like, the side art for it. Mm-hmm. And that was probably, like, one of my favorite things to work on just because I was able to put all of the things I like about Mother as a series into it. And people still look at it and go like, can you make one for me? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I don't know, can I? <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a shame a little bit now that there's only one of those cabinets. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's like, I like I have to tell them, like, this is a one-of-a-kind item. Like, uh-huh. I like I can't, I can only do so much for you right now. Like, I recently did, actually did a... Um, retro style earthbound cabinet for another client after he saw that mm-hmm. because he was like yeah he, he wanted to do like his own unique thing but it still be earthbound related and um basically drew him a little retro style like kind of like the dk arcade retro yeah. style art you see on the side of the cabinets just because he found that original charity cabinet that me and jack did together i could say like like that got a lot of mileage for me cool yeah uh, so, Ian, same question. Introduce yourself a bit and tell our listeners uh, what you do for us. Ooh, I'm Ian Wilding, and I'm also a freelance artist for Fangamer. And what have I done? I do a lot of t-shirts and posters and a few pins so far. I have all of those and more in the works in the future. <laughs> um, best fine. known that you're best known for the Space Junk shirt. I Yes. That's you. The Space Junk shirt yep. is one of mine. That is, um, that is like the the Ian shirt. The Ian shirt? Mm-hmm. I'll take it. I like it. It's, <laughs> it's space. I love to draw space. Any opportunity. Draw mm-hmm. some stars. Oof. Love it. <laughs> yeah, I've done a number of projects for Fangamer. This year's been nice. We've uh, gotten work on God of War. Drone uh, mm. shirt came out. Some Katamari shirts late last year. Ooh. Uh, I'm not going to go down through the whole list because sure. I immediately I, go I can, blank. I can t- yeah, I can tell you. Uh, I'll probably like include in like the, the the show notes just like links to both of your collections pages mm-hmm. on the website, so people can just kind of go through. Uh, actually, I already tweeted that stuff in case anybody had any questions they wanted to send. Then, so cool. <laughs> what were you doing before, uh, or, or in addition to Fangamer? Freelancing for other shirt merchandise companies. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I've been doing this kind of work for a number of years now. An incalculable number of years, like seven or eight. <laughs> yeah. And, uh... I mean, I like how you said incalculable, because, yeah, eventually you just kind of forget how long you've been doing it for. Yeah, and... it all flows together kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? I've worked with Fangamer for a while on, like, Zelda posters. My, my original uh, start with Fangamer, John, uh, got in contact with me to work on something for one of the attract mode. Um, oh, really? 
events. Yeah. What year? Because I remember like what, what the, after I did the print, the the Earth Bound print, I went. I kind of went silent with Fangamer right. until the attract mode happened, oh. and then they asked me for, I believe it was a, the versus theme. Yes, I, I think don't know that, if you did the versus theme uh, show. The, I, I think I worked on the second one. I did something for the second show. So I had like, the beginnings. Is it the beginnings one? No, oh, yeah, I'm now sure. I'm thinking. Heart. It was. Oh yeah, I think it was the. It was heart because I yeah. remember. Yeah, that one. That yes. one has the uh, where he's walking through the woods and yes. you can see like little hearts. Oh, uh, it was yeah. yes. And so that was for the show. That was for the show. Oh, that's great. Okay. And John was like, oh, I don't know if you need the hearts up there, and I was. Like, I'm going to keep him up there. <laughs> well, I mean, this is the theme of the show. And in hindsight, he was correct. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I'll i say I'll say the hearts are kind of important because I know, like, your your art, what I like the most about your art, actually, is how you play around with shapes, things that your eye and your brain pick up, mm. but, you, but you don't really realize it until you go, oh, hey, so that's this. And for that particular piece, the hearts... To help people be like, oh yeah, it's this thing. <laughs> oh right, it just because like sets the kind of topic. Yeah, it kind of, it kind of like in your defense, it does propel them immediately into what it is. Mm. Whereas like your pieces are more, you describe them as um, visual puns. Yeah, I, like, I yeah, like visual puns and visual metaphor. Kind of one thing is taking the place of something else. Yeah, yeah, so it's entertaining to look at because you're you're going like, oh, this is a shape, and then you look inside the shape and go, oh, there's something else going on in here. And yeah, that's that I feel like is the strength of your work. Thank you. Your yeah. reaction was, oh, hey, there's something going on here. Yes, that's what I like. Good. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. the reaction I go for. I, I I listen for when we're at conventions and someone going, oh, hey, something going on there. Exactly. I mean, that's it's it, it catches the eye immediately. So I actually paired you two up intentionally. I love both of your artwork, oh, uh, but you both seem to focus on very different things. Yep. Jorge, I'm mostly familiar with your character artwork. Yes. Especially, you, you seem to do a lot of ensemble pieces with multiple characters and dynamic poses. That's my whereas, favorite thing to do. <laughs> whereas Ian... <laughs> Ian is incapable of drawing a character. No! no! <laughs> Ian, on the other hand, I'm more familiar with your landscape and scenery pieces that often incorporate symbolism either within the piece or with the, with the negative space. Yes. Thank you. That's very well... Very well put. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you be? Would either of you be kind of willing to talk about like your influences or how you developed your style? Mm-hmm. How did I get started? I liked a whole lot of Ali Moss pieces of art that sure. I saw on Penny Arcade Ollie because Moss, yeah, he used to post there, and I thought, oh, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. And then found out that he was printing some of those pieces with threadless on mm-hmm. T-shirts, so I bought a bunch and kind of just deep dove into like, oh, how did he? make this into a real thing and not just a digital JPEG that he posted <laughs> on a forum that I frequent kind of thing. And uh, went from there, just just kept like, how did he do this? And then started looking at who he was influenced by, other people who liked his work, and started making fan art of my own. Yeah. And I've always just been drawn to like optical illusions and visual mm-hmm. metaphor and, mm-hmm. and pieces of art that aren't just literal interpretations of a topic but also have a conceptual side i suppose yeah more layers to yeah more layers something that draws you in but there's something quite not like something a little off about it and makes you think what's going on there oh okay yeah yeah the the surprise and delight one of the pieces that comes to mind of yours early early ian was um a super metroid fan art oh yeah of samus inside of the metroid mm, yes. but like her 
the the shape of or like her silhouette is it, it kind of like is the negative space of the inside of the Metroid, if I remember yes, correctly. Yeah, the, the, the talons of the Metroid mirror the shape of Samus's yeah. shoulder and that, blades in her head. I remember when you did that, that blew up, because, like, people immediately got it, and they knew what you were doing, and, like, I even seen imitations of it, too. Ah, oh, so. well, that was an <laughs> imitation of an Ali Moss piece. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's... I was, I was going to say for sure, like, I definitely, uh, I, I was I was wondering how, how much you were influenced by Ali Moss. I think you definitely have different styles, like, you take yeah. it different directions. I branched off into a different, like, I... I you I found your own like, identity. Yeah, exactly. It was for a, a, a few years when I was kind of first doing it, I would look at every new piece he had and kind of just like devour it. The, the more you do it, the more your own kind of style and opinion on it kind of comes through. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of like wandered off on my own yeah, path yeah. that way. That and I, mean, I know that a lot of people are kind of ashamed to say that they were specifically influenced by somebody because then they worry about being called like imitators yeah. or something like that. But like that's kind of where anybody kind of starts to find their own voices exactly. by looking at other people and just being influenced by that. And yeah. they take their own like group of influences, including whatever one might be the one that people point to. Yeah, that's how you make something sure. your own. Yes, that's how oh, you for sure. develop. Like a lot of people, especially artists, I notice these days are really concerned about finding their voice and identity. Mm. In other words, they put it as style. Like, Mm. what is my style? I don't know what my style is. And they worry about this, in my opinion, a little too much because that stuff will come naturally when you are honest and sincere with what your influences are. Mm. And at first, yeah, at first you're going to, it's going to look like you're imitating somebody else. But the more you learn how to, like, apply your own voice to that, the more it shapes itself into what you want to make. Yeah, as your own like thing. That like clarity only comes with experience, and then we look back and realize only now I can say that. Yeah, yeah. In (laughs) retrospect, oh, you just gotta let go, and it'll come naturally. And then I will think back to just like the existential crisis, sitting there at night, just like, why isn't it looking the way I want it to look? Why, why does it look too close to this? Or it's not even that it looks too close to the thing that you want it to look like. It's that it Mm -hmm. doesn't quite look like it yeah and you're frustrated with it and it turns out the thing the reason it doesn't look quite the same is because your style is coming through and that's okay yeah you you have to let it and like to kind of answer the question the thing that influences me now is like 90s anime and like super nes games and like the like theatrical posters but these back then were things that i thought were like okay i need to let this go like this is Mm. this is childish this is not me i'm obviously imitating like someone else Mm. And the more I the more I deviated and strayed away from those influences just to like desperately find like my own voice, the less I liked my own art. <laughs> and I realized it's because like I'm yeah. this isn't me. Like I'm not drawing what I like. I'm not drawing the way I like to. And then I wanna say as recent as maybe like 2014, 2015 is when I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna lean into it. I'm just like I'm going to watch all these old anime I used to watch and, like, inspire myself by it again. I'm going to play all these old games I used to play and just, like, let myself be inspired by it again. Mm. And then suddenly everything started to make sense. Like, oh, wait, I like to draw these this way because this is the stuff I like. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, slowly I find I found, like, a more unique... Like, even, even then I still thought, well, you know what? It's not me, but whatever. I like to draw this way. Mm. But then now people are telling me, like, when, when they see a shirt online... 
and I didn't even boost it. I didn't even talk about it. They're like, oh, this is a this is a Jorge design. And I'm like, how did you know? <laughs> how can you tell? <laughs> okay, thanks. It's really flattering. But I I mean. <laughs> yeah. There, there's like a, a thread that flows through your work. Something, sure. right? And and yeah. I guess what I what I want to say does that, because I mean, this is just like asking people, like, is the compositional stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I guess, because one of one of my inspirations is like Drew Struzan, the artist that mm-hmm. does like the, the, like the Star Wars and like the indiana jones posters of big trouble in little china like that kind of stuff yeah the composition of his stuff is what i want to apply to my work yeah because i love like the way every character is in his pieces and how the the their presence in that piece is proportional to like their role in Mm -hmm. in the the picture and that to me is like whoa it's like you're you're using the narrative as like a composition technique yes and I love that. It's like, oh, wait. So, like, of course, of course you're going to have, like, this character be the the prominent figure. And then, like, everyone else is there and you see them and you're like, yeah, the gang's all here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that stuff. Like, I, I love I love having, like, all these all these different ways of, like, shoving as many characters into a picture as possible. Mm. And at first I thought... And without making it feel like it's just, like, a weird jump. Yeah, that, right, that's yeah. where the composition technique comes in. Like, yes. like you, have, you have to have, like, each character play a role in that picture and be like, mm. okay, this is, this is the main character and this is the supporting character and then these are their friends. And, yeah. like, in relation to what the narrative already tells about them. And you, can, and you already know, like, okay... What what is it that that this picture is trying to tell me? Who's important here, mm. and and who's like a supportive like role? Yeah. That kind of stuff is like to me a puzzle to figure out. Like how can I represent yeah. these characters in their element, but all at the same time? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Convey as much about each individual character, yeah, and then their relation to e- each other. I love other that stuff. I love that stuff. Yeah. And that's I'm, where your skill comes in is is knowing how all those pieces together finding a good that's my favorite thing to do because it it, it also lets me express how much i like and you know i'll have biases towards certain characters (laughs) like for the i remember when i did the breath of fire t-shirt and i drew dice or or blue Mm -hmm. and and made her a little too prominent even though she's like (laughs) in in two she's an easter egg basically (laughs) but i'm like but i love her (laughs) she's my favorite in one can i make her important still (laughs) So I, I and and I remember you yeah, yeah. you were talking to me about it. I was like actually you were the one who told me like I think she's a little too prominent. I'm like, yeah, but I like her. <laughs> that was exactly oh, no. the conversation we had. But yeah, yeah. And now you know why. Yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> and that, that's totally valid as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember and, I, yeah, and it was definitely always a good piece as far as I was concerned. Oh thanks. I, I, I appreciate was, it. I was personally just so happy to like I had like uh, a, a very small episode where like I couldn't get any guests, so I just kind of did some like short little bit of fan gamer news, and then I just kind of went off on Breath of Fire two for a little bit about how awesome. excited I was that oh, we were actually carrying oh, some stuff. I mean, I was so. <laughs> let me tell you, this was the biggest like most difficult secret to keep was like I'm working on Breath of Fire. Holy crap! Yeah, some some actual like licensed yeah. Capcom's like here like, it is. I get to draw. I get to like dedicate my love for this game in a form that's gonna get attention in like a legit like like mm. like licensed property. <laughs> like that was that was a big deal. I, I could picture myself playing Breath of Fire two back in like when I rented it from Blockbuster. Yeah. At home with my brother and being like, ah, we used to voice each character like oh, when good. we played the game. <laughs> and it, it, we'd do like the worst impressions of them, but it was like it was fun. It was it's like, dedicated. 
Yeah, but who got the golden fly? <laughs> that was probably me. That was probably me. I can't and I cannot remember what what he sounded like for the life of me. I know when we played when I played the game again with Margot, I voiced the fly. That was for sure. My Margot's my wife, by the way. Sure. Um, yeah, and and I got her into it because I'm like, I got I got to show you this game. It's just cool. It's, it just has like cool character designs. I don't know what else to tell you because. The rest of it is just kind of like I, I don't really understand the story even to this day. Yeah. But, it's, but it's yeah, it's basically a bunch of side quests that lead toward. I mean, there's only like two or three actual quests in the game, and one yeah. of them is one of them takes up half of the game. Yes. Just, you guys got to go find the girl with the with the that looks like a bat, and that's okay. And yeah. then you just go on a world journey to get to that point. But and because of this, my pitch to people. Whenever I, whenever I want them to get into Breath of Fire, my pitch is always like, okay, one, which one do you like more? A frog guy with a sword? Mm. Or what, what was my pitch for one? One is the hardest one because it's like, it, it is a test. Like, it, it's old school RPG. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I, like, normally I would be like, okay, do you like, like, dragons? And do you want to turn into a dragon? That's what you Ooh. can do. But two is easier to pitch because it's like, okay, this game has cat girls, this game has frogs, this game has a giant armadillo that punches people. <laughs> this game has Solid pitch. a playable it, plant. I'm, I'm sold. <laughs> it's because it's do, like, do you, do you want to be able to shrink down, go into a woman's body, and get all the bad things out of it? Yeah. Less sold on it. Yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah, a yeah. weird. All right, that's the thing that I was happens. not expecting. That's the thing that happens. You're inside of a person. It's like it's like what was that movie it's, called? Yeah, the, the the oh gosh, I, I know what you're talking about. The, the one where you where, where, where you turn into a little microscopic thing and you just, just go and kill yeah, all the I've, bad Yeah, I've seen that episode of uh, Magic School. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's based <laughs> off of that episode. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. Um, <laughs> And, and Birth of Fire 2 is just full of weirdness that is easy to tell somebody and be like, just just play it and look at this. It also doesn't make any more sense in context. And it, the, the, the part that doesn't... Yeah, no, because on top of it all, it suffers from a poor translation. For sure. Mm. And, I mean, to me, that adds more to it, honestly. Yeah. But I know that's not everybody's cup of tea. Um, but yeah, anyway, I don't want to rant about it. If we, if we go on about Birth of Fire, I'll be here the whole day. I'll, sure. I'll, I'll yes and that. What? How do you feel about like you mentioned? You love that game since like from your childhood, and you got to work on it. What? How do you kind of manage that? Like the I have a deep like connection with this game, but I also now have to like do something for it. Do you like so? Find, do you have do you, do you? Is there like conflict there at any point? Yeah, there is immediately. No, actually, that's a good question because immediately the first thing I have to tell myself is like, yes, I love this game, mm. but this is. Like I'm making in the end, I'm making a product for a client, yeah. And and the client has to has the final say. So like, I, and this is something I'm practicing more now, where it's like, I can I can love my work and not be super attached to it. Mm. Um, that there's a way to do that. Yeah. And, and I guess I'm still finding out how to like calibrate myself to yeah. to that attitude. But one of the big things, especially working with like licensed properties that you hold very dear is that they are like your children and you have to let go at some point <laughs> you have yeah. to you have to let them grow you have to realize that you don't own them yeah and you have to and when someone tells you hey blue blue or dice is too big in this picture <laughs> yeah exactly. you have to be like this okay okay i'll i'll you know i won't take that personally at all yeah. like sure. you you have to 
<laughs> I like how I'm like side eyeing Charlie. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> I, I mean, I appreciate that 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 uh, that this you know, if you want to call it a conflict, uh, existed because I think because we both very much love the property, mm-hmm. and it's just like how are we going to show that love? It's the balance of like how do you show that love, but also be pro about it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like yeah, to to some extent, you're gonna get a note you don't like, like yeah. uh, with. Like, uh, forgive me if I'm a little candid, but with Breath of Fire, the colors have to be changed because the mm. print on the original design, which was actually going to be on a blue shirt, like a very um, aqua blue, oh, okay, almost. Yeah. And and that was the original color scheme that we submitted, but the print came out too thick. Like the the screen print was like heavy oh. on, and I forgot what the what the word is when when that happens, but like. Well, I think yeah, because I think uh, probably it was like that. That particular garment color, like we couldn't discharge on it because yes, yeah, yeah. The, it the had to it had to have right. a very thick under layer of like white, I think, to, mm-hmm. to be able to vibr- to have those vibrant colors. And when the news came in, like we're gonna have to like change the color scheme, and that meant that I had to go back and like adjust the blues so that they wouldn't get lost on the new shirt design and that's when i went like oh my god i just want this to go live i just want this to like i i, I don't want to work on this anymore like i'm so tired <laughs> but it's it that's when i have to tell myself like this isn't about you this mm. is like you just just work on it just do, yeah. do your best whenever you can you know yeah i always find that if i get to that like frustrating point and then it comes out and I take a step back, in a couple months, I've forgotten all of that part, and it's just, oh, the finished piece. Right, okay, that's how it was always going to end up. Yeah. Then in my head, it just you could just overwrite the entire process, and it was always going to end up there. Okay, it's fine. Yeah. But I when don't... you're doing it, you just see, like, all, like, the possible, like, the possibility space, and, like, there's, like, five different ways this could end up. Uh-huh. And you get, like, lost trying to, to pick which path you're going to go. I'll ask you, Ian, like, how do you deal with this when you get, like, a note or, or a or a correction on your work yeah. that make that just deflates you? Like, mm. oh, no, mm. like, I can't believe this. Do you, like, take a step back and think about it? Or do you just, you know what, whatever, let's just do it. Bam. How do I take it? Poorly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just ima- I'm just remembering how many times, uh, how many iterations uh, of the, um, the the mist shirt. Ooh. That, mm. that one, I, I remember seeing a bunch of versions of that. Yeah, that, that's interesting, because I actually pitched a few different versions, and, and there were a bunch of edits on it, but I actually felt pretty good. Because uh, like, you went in there with, with uh, a bunch of versions, to, uh, so you, yeah, it's not like... I, so they weren't all a bunch of revisions. You were no, it was options. it was just like, I have the the idea, and I, I just like approached it with three different, like, oh, we can do it from this angle or that angle or that kind of... That, that tends to be how I, I, I work generally, is like, I come up with an idea, and then the visual approach comes after, like, the idea for... The Miss Shirt, for anyone who's not familiar specifically with it, is just a side view of the island from Mist, and the uh, sort of top silhouette of it is a negative space uh, depiction of the fallen guy, mm-hmm. kind of like the iconic icon from the game. Yeah. And uh, well, I knew the main images that had to be in it were like the image of the fallen guy and the island depicted in some combination and then I just sort of came at it from from every angle that I could knowing like you start with a few ingredients 
and you can make a whole bunch of different dishes with it. Mm-hmm. And then you, you, you send the dishes out there, and then someone <laughs> says, I like this one and not the other two, and then you're like, That's all right, I'll refine, I'll refine this one, add some herbs, some spices, <laughs> you know? Um, it spicy. Make it, yeah, you gotta plate it well. Oh, it's all in the plating, my friend. But, <laughs> and, then, and then at the end, you know, there's some back and forth about minor revisions, but like, to go back to how do I how do I take notes and, and criticisms and edits? I like guess it's, not yeah. not how do you take it? I'm uh, sorry I if I'm yeah, no, I know, no, 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 because that sounds very like <laughs> Ian. Just deal with it. But like your process. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like what yeah. is what what do you, like how do you how do you approach that? I yeah no I, <laughs> I, I no I come back I approach it very beginning just like a fresh like ah oh, I thought I had it okay. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't. It's like you have to you have to take step take a step back and almost like reconsider the assumptions that I that got you to the point. And and someone says, okay, like change how this character or is like positioned or change the size of that character. And then it's like, okay, now with this new thing, like knowing that this character has to be bigger, for example, mm-hmm. you have to reposition and and reapproach all the other elements in an image. So then it's mm, you're yeah, re, yeah. you're rebalancing everything. You're you're like, Ooh. "Oh, well I I thought it was really important for for the thing next to the guy yeah. to be right there." Well, that's, that's one of the more difficult things to do is when you have like a balance figured out and then mm. suddenly it's like, "Well, why don't you change this?" and I'm, and it's like, "Wait, but it's you're like knocking off, you're it's knocking like a house of cards yes. yeah. or yes. like a house of cards like you're, you're yeah. pulling one out and it's like, "Woo." And yeah, that's that's what I find is is one thing that is difficult to communicate is like there's a there's like a there's a dance going on and mm-hmm. if you change one aspect everything else has to shift in relation to it mm-hmm. yeah, yeah and then it's it's just like a okay i gotta i gotta i gotta think rethink this i gotta <laughs> yeah. i mean it becomes in itself like a problem to solve like okay well now this has to be this how can the rest of it follow suit yes and and it's like what were what were the things I were what I was assuming because usually my frustrations come from I'm assuming this thing is important it usually isn't usually <laughs> usually none of it is usually it's like it kinds of being like the simplest solution is just the best one and I'm being I'm overthinking it and being overwrought and yeah sometimes being too precious so yeah yeah precious is the right precious, word yeah that's that's how I feel sometimes when when I get like if I get a little uppity about like a note I get it's usually <laughs> because I need to step back and go okay what's really going on why am I upset about this and then I realize oh it's because I feel I feel bad that I didn't think about it first like I, I feel oh. bad that I didn't see this coming I didn't see it yeah. it's always the thing it's like oh like I I thought I had it. But yeah, I didn't see yeah, this. Exactly. Oh, I thought oh, I had it, man. and I didn't. And now I feel like like a like a dummy. Yeah. And then then you step you you go back in, and then you've like actually addressed the issue, like like implement the note into mm. it, and then you say, okay, that's actually good. Like this is this was you know. I always feel better for it by the end of it. Yeah, because it's like, hey, this is a thing. Yeah. It was real. It, it it could happen. All right, we're gonna take a break for a bit because we're going to. Uh, I'm gonna bring in some some Tucson and Fangamer news to kind of break up this discussion, and then we'll come back uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty soon. For a long time, I was one of the people who stayed latest at the office. In fact, uh, 
that was pretty much the case up until my son was born. After my family leave, I suddenly have to start getting up real early and leaving the office before 6 p.m. to go pick him up in daycare. Before then, though, I would often be the last person in the office, which meant it was my job to go around the building, lock everything up, and turn off all the lights. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, though, sometimes, as I was looking around the office, oh. I would start to get nervous for no apparent reason. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, I'd feel an urgency, like I needed to leave quickly. Like someone or something else was in the office with me. Oh my god. Something sinister. Something that didn't want me there. Then, as I turned out all the lights, I just know, no, that I needed to step out the door within a few seconds and close it behind me or else, or else, I don't know. So yeah, obviously the office is haunted. Um, I'm not really sure it's a malevolent spirit or anything, but I think it does like messing with people. Oh, no. uh, sometimes it manifests as spooking people who are alone in the office, but mostly it just goes around hiding our markers or box cutters. <laughs> who knows if the new office will also be haunted, but given what I've seen of the place before we started renovating it, yeah, probably. <laughs> anyway, uh, the further out I record these episodes in advance, the more likely the new merch launches are to be incorrect. Uh, but <laughs> let's see if I've got this right. This week, the week of Halloween, we are scheduled to launch a wave of Battletoad merchandise. Yo. Yes. We are launching uh, brand new merchandise for Battletoads. Mm-hmm. Specifically, we've got a plush of Rash, specifically like a smaller yes. plush with a latch, so it can hang from like your backpack and look like he's rappelling down. We've got the Turbo Time enamel pen featuring one of the toads flying forward on that little jet ski thing they write. I don't know yeah. what the term for it it's is. The, it's thing. the, oh no, I knew this. I knew this. It has a name and I, I'm i blanking out right now and I'm going to pay for it. <laughs> Feel free to just announce it randomly. I will. I, as soon as I remember it, I'm going to blurt it out. Uh, so yeah, he's just hold, uh, riding that thing, going forward and holding on for his dear life. Uh, let's see, we've got the squad, in, uh, the squad emblem lapel pen uh, featuring the Battletoads emblem. Mm-hmm. We've got the totally rad hoodie uh, designed by Nina Matsumoto featuring a pretty rad yeah, design on the back. Yeah, shout out to Nina. Uh, it's got the Battletoads emblem on the front and a custom zipper pull that looks like a toad repelling down the zipper. Nice. And finally, we have the Battle Maniac shirt designed by current guest of the show, Jorge Velez. Oh, snap. Jorge, is there anything in particular you'd like to say about this? Here's design? what I gotta say. Dun, dun, dun. We also have, just too late to order in time for Halloween, a couple of spooky new Undertale products. Oh, I'm Specifically, uh, we've got the Skelebros Tote Bag, which is a bag designed by Fangamer Japan's in-house designer, uh, Ikuno, uh, featuring Sans and Papyrus. It looks like just the thing for going trick-or-treating, except that it's being released two days before Halloween and we'll never get you to your house in time. (laughs) Uh, In addition, we're uh, we're taking orders for a Napstabloop plush, or Mm. maybe it's a pillow. He kind of looks more like a pillow. Yeah, he's got a pillow I, vibe. Okay, we have the prototype. It feels like a pillow. It feels I hugged like a pillow. It. I, right, I gave yeah. it. I gave it my hugs. Any plush could be a pillow if you try. Yeah, but Naps Luke has like that nice shape to where he's already like yeah. nice and, he, and round. And like a hot like, pocket. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he comes in a pillow form already. He got, he, he, and, he's like a Naps Luke hot pocket shape. <laughs> Wouldn't have gone for a hot pocket, but all right. He's like, just, just get, all you need to do is get a pillowcase and cover him up so you can never see him again. And like, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, one way or another, I'll make you more comfortable when you're lying on the ground mm-hmm. and feeling like trash. <laughs> uh, finally, let's get one. 
Finally, we have a Persona 5 shirt called the Vulgar Boy shirt, designed by Nina Matsumoto and featuring a character Ooh. I'm not really familiar with since I've never played Persona <laughs> 5. Ryuji! <laughs> That's who it is. Okay, I'm yeah. glad somebody here is able to give some information. But it's the blonde guy, right? I th- yeah, I think boy? so, yeah. I think yeah, he's yeah. He's got a bat he, and he's, he's wearing a mask. He is a vulgar boy. Alright. <laughs> but I mean, he, he can be sweet. I feel like I've kind of done myself a disservice by not playing Persona 5 or any of the Personas. Mm, I'm, yeah. I'm nodding, yeah, yeah. Yeah, alright, I gotta get on that. <laughs> anyway, that's all the launches I'm aware of at this time. Ian and Jorge, are there any older products that you particularly like that you'd like to spotlight while you're here? It can be one of yours or anything Yo, else. I'm, like, I'm, gonna, do I'm gonna do this for him. I'm gonna do this for him. I wanna do a Jorge one. Oh, Say, yeah. Okay, yeah, we'll do we'll do we'll do Does an exchange. Does it have to be here. available in the store? Because uh, pre- preferably, it's something that somebody could buy <laughs> now, so that they can like you know not gonna oh you sh- sure sucks that you missed out on this real cool thing. <laughs> <laughs> now I know why Ian's saying that because I know what shirt he's gonna say now. Okay. But as far as Ian's shirts go, I really like like his current Katamari Damacy stuff, mm-hmm, yeah. especially the King, like the one that's just like the King of All Ooh. Cosmos. Very, very classy, tasteful white shirt mm. with a like a field of space surrounding the head of the Almighty King, and that's that's one of my favorites of his. And another one that I really like, and I can't, I don't know if it's still in the store, is the Hyperlight Drifter shirt you did some time oh, thank ago. You. It's the Drifter, just kind of yeah. have like like uh, like after images of. of yeah. themselves like just one two three mm. and you use like you use like this this purple like this wine purple that i didn't know you could use in a shirt and i'm like whoa okay that's a thing now yeah, and, yeah i don't know if it was supposed to come out as well as it did i probably had a slightly different color <laughs> and it just <laughs> happened to turn out that looks really nice on a okay. chill t-shirt yeah that, that's that's probably one of my favorites and i i, I try to I'm checking now to see if it's still yeah yeah on. it's it's like a it it's like a like... blue like a turquoise yeah yeah it's definitely like a like a galaxy blue shirt i think oh there it is legacy and that's the one it seems like it's still do you, in do you mind stock. if i scoot yeah. over and look hey, there you go. Oh, that is exactly the one yeah yeah that's a good one. So it's it's the legacy shirt mm-hmm. uh, in the fan gamer store. Okay, oh. it's sold out in some sizes, but it's it's sold out in large, still available in medium, which tells you Ooh, hey. that who knows. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> Cross your fingers. Hit that checkout button. My the ones I would highlight. Oh boy, here we go. I love your downwell shirt. I love the downwell down shirt. shirt. I went it looking is for that. Out of stock. Oh, <laughs> no. There were like there were sizes left. Uh, small yeah. and like uh, yeah. Few, yeah, the very small sizes are still left. <laughs> so um, if you're a small person, so if, yeah, you if you if you wear smalls, mobile rabbit, go big. Mobile We're flush. I also love mm. um there's more. Yeah, Nina's Oh, we're shouting out one. we're shouting out Nina. Oh yeah. Please. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. I got a few. <laughs> I got a few. You go first. Well, Nina's Breath of Fire shirt is that right? The Dragon Tear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that good, excellent. Fire? Yeah, that's Un- Breath of Fire too. Unfamiliar with Breath of Fire. I yeah, it's say. it's basically the they tried to incorporate a mood ring mechanic into Breath of Fire. It was okay. never really explained it's, or anything. Nobody knows how it works. I think <laughs> right? it's just scripted, and that's the only way you're gonna figure it out. But like every time you talk to somebody, you can see how they feel by the color of the Dragon Tear. Ooh. There are times where you can kind of influence it, where a character asks you, like, oh, do you like me? And if you say no, they go, boo. Suddenly I want 
on that t-shirt print for that to be like a heat sensitive yeah thing. an actual like move yeah, thing for I, you. yeah I can't actually. remember I think I think they wanted the I think there I, I don't I can't remember if there's a pin or not for this but I think they wanted that in that would the, yeah, yeah I think we definitely like researched the possibilities some, yeah went yeah. down that well and it just did not did not come <laughs> but to I fruition can't, yeah I can't remember if that actually it's happened but yeah colorful and beautiful and super good my turn my favorite Nina shirt always will be is the Crypt of the Necrodancer shirt. Mm, yes. The the because Nina does this thing with like type that is very reminiscent of like metal bands, like the mm, way sure. they write stuff that you can't really understand it unless you've been <laughs> deeply invested in this culture. And I love that she can emulate that so well. And like the Crypt of the Necrodancer shirt is the one I get like out of her shirts is the one mm. I get the most comments yeah. on because they're like what band is that and i'm like yeah. <laughs> i don't know but all i listen to <laughs> and, and yeah and i mean my favorite thing about it though is like the colors because I, I love like purples and greens yeah like those are my favorite colors for some reason Solid but nice. they're they're kind of like more hued to like magenta and like the the teal yeah. but it's really good um that's my favorite one yeah Call yeah. up to Nina. Has Nina been on the? She's been. No, no, she hasn't. She, she hasn't, hasn't been. Yeah, she hasn't been. Now, like next time she comes down, I'll probably like Heck drag yeah. her in here. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta try to coordinate to have like an all artist. That would be amazing. Yeah. yeah, she's cool. All right, well, that's all the fan gamer news I have. Yay. Uh, let's let's check, out, check in on the locals. Ooh. Oh. So today for the Tucson news, I'm going to tell you folks about Nightfall. Mm-hmm. So, outside of Tucson, past the western mountain range, is a place called Old Tucson. It's a sort of theme park slash movie set uh, designed to recreate like an old western town. We actually shot our uh, Sunset Riders commercial. Yes, I've heard of those. Uh, and most of the actors from that commercial, except for Reed, who played like half the characters, uh, were actually like stunt actors who mm-hmm. do their acting at that place regularly. Mm. Um, however, during October, Old Tucson changes. Ooh. Nightfall de- descends upon the town, and it becomes a frightening place. Ooh. The old western shows and attractions are replaced by spooky haunts and events. According to the website, Nightfall was ranked by New York Times as one of the top ten must-travel-to haunts in the country. Top ten spookiest. Uh, the attractions and live shows are conveniently la- labeled by their scariness levels, so you can go to some family-friendly stuff or to things that are probably not appropriate for even most adults. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, do you guys enjoy, like, haunted houses and such? I... I would get so anxious I would just walk <laughs> yeah, out yeah. You, had a, you had a seemingly endless uh, so, uh, list of things that f- spooked you before. here's the thing here's the oh, thing man. about haunted houses it's not the it's not the aesthetic itself that freaks me out it's the Ghosts. it's the fact no it's the fact that there's actual people doing their work in there and their job <laughs> is to scare you and if you are not scared you're not helping them do their yeah, job it's, oh. it's, so if somebody oh. comes out and you're just like oh. uh, then, then you're just like you oh you just Devastated you destroyed the experience for everyone. There. No, so. they got to up their game. They've got, but then they, if scared, they up their game, then that's where the anxiety comes in because it's like you have to scare me, and I'm not ready for that. So I just uh, also I, just, I don't want to be scared. Exactly. So I just you've go. Gone to, you've gone to a haunted house. You're gonna get. I opt- it's, a, the, it's really it's hey, in the name. I mean, listen. I mean, great. You great. don't even need to go to a haunted house to get spooked, though. As <laughs> apparently, <we've said. laughs> apparently, so. this this studio's haunted. 
I didn't know that. <laughs> I live in like a 200-year-old house that's definitely haunted. Oh, for you do? Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it survived like a city fire kind of thing. Oh, wow. Devastated the city. The house stood. No kidding. Yeah. I haven't been... I've been in the basement once. Actually, it was pretty pleasant, I must say. So maybe like the, the mid-level where I don't live okay. is, is haunted. All right. I didn't know that about you, actually. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's scary. Anyway, sorry. All right. Let me see here. So I'm going to read a few of these... Uh, Mm, these haunts that they have here. Mm. There's the Killbilly Basin. <laughs> Purged of its riches, this old mining camp sat abandoned for decades until this family moved in. Welcome to Killbilly Basin. There's the Happy Clown Snack Factory. Oh, this one's this one's the the, oh the three skulls, which is the maximum uh, scariness <laughs> level. Kids of all ages have enjoyed Happy Clown brand meat snacks for almost fifty years now. <laughs> Come see how these delicious treats are made and discover why they still say they're delicious because they're made with fun. Okay, that's scaring me. <laughs> that's, that, yeah, yeah, that's the thing that gets there me. There was something that just. Something yeah. uncanny about that. Incongruously, <laughs> like, oh, just cheery and twee and happy. <laughs> uh, nightmare Infirmary, another three-sculler. Uh, check in at the information window and you'll be directed from there, depending on your prognosis. Mm-hmm. Perhaps to the waiting room, psych ward, or straight to surgery. Of course, we may deem it necessary to take you directly to the morgue and crematorium. Oh, boy. That's classic right there. And then there's the Iron Door Mine. This is only a two-scholar. Venture on a perilous (laughs) journey and descend, if you dare, into a subterranean network of tunnels rumored to be haunted by the souls of cursed miners. Which is which is cool, like like because there are like a bunch of uh, minecart rides and stuff at Old Tucson, so they just like take those rides and just change them up a little bit for the the nightfall. Mm, uh, Yeah, for the season. Yeah, like whenever we were actually over there to record the uh, the Sunset Riders thing, mm. uh, the the folks there, like one of the guys, just kept on talking about the ideas he has for Nightfall uh, later on. Like this, just something right. that's just so exciting to them because that's a thing that changes every year. Like they just add to it and make it cooler. Mm. Whereas you know the old Tucson stuff, like you know they're just being cowboys and falling down from like roofs and stuff right. and doing fake shootouts. <laughs> I didn't realize that they're regularly doing that. I thought that was just for the uh the commercial that's what they do that's like mm-hmm. their day job is just oh like yeah they just all kinds of like, at that specific exactly. location falling out just, of saloons so like there's this uh there's this church with like a tall steeple like every once in a while they like have like a shootout in in the streets and there's uh one person whose job is uh is to go up to the top of the steep steeple and shoot down and eventually somebody shoots them and they fall backwards off of the steeple oh my god and they're like yeah that's the scariest job because like you know you're gonna fall and it's gonna be fine <laughs> oh, but like the fall itself is terrifying. Oh, yeah, we're not meant wow. to fall over and over like that. No, we're not. <laughs> and it's really like a shame, like in the Sunset Riders commercial specifically, uh, how much stuff ended up having to be cut because, like, watching the guy who played well, what was that? What's the? I, I'm skipping on the guy's name. The the main boss guy. That guy, watching him just kind of burst through the uh, the, the the banister mm. on that uh, that balcony, mm. and just seeing him fall down, like the guy like cuts cut a flip in the air and lands on his back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is just, <laughs> oh my God. of course, like we couldn't film him going from this uh, that that balcony all the way to the ground because he did have like a a, a pad down there yeah. to where he could land there oh, safely. But for the part where he actually like falls and we catch that part on camera mm. he actually is standing like a step above and just jumps and cuts a flip and lands on his back Ooh. on the ground 
which is like, <laughs> like the uh, and then I think there was like a whole other stunt where like at some point a horse uh, rides by uh, that was completely cut, and uh, like you just get to watch us like that guy just flies off of his horse, and yeah, yo, the, they're earning their pay I mean. for sure. Like the, there's. I think they're they're working on like a documentary of the making of that commercial <laughs> and the, the the stunts that went into it that were just unfortunately cut for time oh, yeah. wow. are just incredible. Oh man, I was sitting on the floor today and had to get up, and that felt that felt pretty <laughs> real. That was... Anyway, let's see. Uh, a night follows open every weekend in October as well as on Halloween night. Anyway, on the subject of Tucson, mm-hmm. what are you guys hoping to see or do while you're here? Overhouse tomorrow. That's true. Yeah, we got <laughs> party time. We got a party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I gotta ask my my wife Margo. She went to the botan- botanical gardens mm. today. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's she sent me photos. It's beautiful over there. We went to the base of and I forgot the mountain name. Oh. The, oh. Well, let's see. Wait, well, I know y'all went to Sabino Canyon. Sabino Canyon. Yes. That's yes. where we went. And that was to me that was like this is what I wanted to see because yeah. I've never oh, seen yeah. I've never seen cactuses. Cacti? I, th- I think, I think, hmm. Mm. I'm not sure if there's a distinction. I mean, whenever I see, like, a bunch of cactuses, like, grouped together, that's one thing. But if, like, there's, like, if it's are all ah. the same cactus, then they're cactuses. If they're multiple different species of cacti. Ah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if that's an actual, uh, like, we'll have to pull Dan Yo, back in here. I was going to say, can I tell you something? Everyone has given me a different answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but well, anyway, I will, I will stick with cactuses for now. Like, that, seeing, like, a cactus for real, like, in front of me. Yeah, like a, like a full, especially the full, like, full-grown saguaro. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, to, it, it's one of those things where it's like, I've, I've seen this so many times on TV and, like, on the internet. But right in front of me, it, it it's just much more important. It's like wow, like, like a completely different sense yeah, of scale. Yeah, they're they're to it, real. You know? Like and then look how tall they. Like uh, Margot took a photo of me next to one, and I am a third of the size. And I'm six foot two, and like I am a third of the size of this thing. And it, it was it was great. It was like just me walking around and like like wow, look at how many there are. Like are you telling me all those green stalks in the mountain are cactuses? Oh my god, they mm-hmm. are. Like it's. And it's a forest. It, yeah. It's such a different environment. I grew up in tropical weather. I'm I'm from Puerto Rico originally, so I'm used to the Caribbean. I'm used to like that beach weather, and then I moved to Atlanta. I'm used to the Four Seasons weather, and in Tucson, I was like, oh yeah, whatever. It's hot over there. I'll get used yeah. to it. <laughs> I step foot in here, and I'm like, this is where am I? Well, this is different. <laughs> the air is dry. For sure. It's, it's, yeah. it's like a different kind of hot. Oh, why am I sniffly? Oh, no. I'm, a, I, I'm from uh, South Louisiana originally, Ooh. so completely like fr- oh, yeah. from the swamps to here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, it's it's yeah. A, like you underestimate it because you just think, okay, hot and sand, whatever. <laughs> but um, on the plus side, like seeing just how different the architecture the 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 fauna is like the flora that kind of stuff is what i like to see when i go to a new place that that i've never been to before it's just like whoa this is a complete different environment Mm. yeah so in general i've just enjoyed how different it is (laughs) yeah it it is amazing to go to a place you know what like the stereotype of it is and you go there and you're still amazed by it yeah because it kind of breaks that stereotype yeah you, you it, realize that oh this is like a real thing yeah we had that conversation on that walk uh, in sabino canyon mm-hmm. that like oh yeah going to a place it's pretty good it's not you can't just like watch a video and get it you really can't it's not the same as just like That's standing the lesson in, a, in a space we yeah that day. go to places if you have the opportunity mm-hmm. or 
go to local places that you yeah we went to fourth street um like right is that would that be considered downtown tucson like oh fourth ave yes Uh, yeah fourth avenue um uh it's it's pretty close to downtown yeah so we went there and got and got like a crash course on the hip nightlife (laughs) that that was fun too yeah that's that's the fourth ave is conveniently located between downtown and the university Mm -hmm. so it's like the pathway that the college students take to, uh, to yeah, from it's super clubs. active. Yeah. Like it was, yeah. it was, we were there till like ten, maybe. It was active, Ooh, like all hopping and bopping. I mean, the late hours of. It's really fun to go. The late there hours on, of ten uh, p.m. It was a school <laughs> night, so yeah, sure. It's really fun to go there uh, on Halloween night because that's whenever there's just a bunch of people, oh, like, just all over the place. Right. Their, oh my uh, god, I wish I, I, yeah, I wish I could see it. Yeah. College kids, like, they know how to Halloween. And, and then, of course, like, you know, the following couple of days, it's Dia de los Muertos. So then you have, like, that whole business oh, going that on. too? Yeah. That's so good. Um, I, I, like, one day, once in my life, I would love to see, like, a Day of the Dead festival, like, in person. That'd be great. Yeah, they have they have a parade here, for sure. Oh, shit. Um, uh, just a quick little, quick little factoid about the, uh, about the saguaro cactuses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if you see one that has arms... Because a lot of them, they're just like the straight stock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, They don't get arms until they're about 70 years old. Really? That's what Laura was telling me. Mm -hmm. And then it blew my mind because I'm like, you're telling me that like these have been here for longer than two of me. (laughs) (laughs) Some of these are are absolutely, uh, most of them are absolutely over a century old. That's amazing. And uh, it's amazing to me to think like, like, like if this, if this, plant could talk or could see or could hear like what would they tell like Mm -hmm. you know because they've been there forever um they would be maybe like uh same old same old (laughs) (laughs) all right anyway that's all i have for uh, on the subject of tucson let's get back to uh talking about you guys Oh no! <laughs> Let's go back to Tucson. Go back to Tucson. Yeah, there's, there's still some. So the architecture so. here. Uh, anyway, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So uh, Ian and Jorge, we've gotten to know you guys yeah, a little yeah. bit now. Yeah. Like who you are, what you've done, what you're doing now. Uh, now I want you to start thinking about the future. Oh no! Look into the shifting <laughs> mists of fate. Ian just puts his hands oh, on his face. Everything just everything just clenches. <laughs> no, 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 let, let's be serious. Let's be serious. Okay. Uh, so, uh, just t- tell me what's uh, what's like your dream project? What are you working on? Oh. Uh, what are you working on that happiest of futures that you can see? If you can see a happy future, I honestly think about this a little too much. But like, I have like two astronaut level goals in mind. Like when sure. you, when you ask a kid, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? An astronaut. Like, <laughs> first one is art direction for a video game mm-hmm. second one is telling my own my own stories through like uh visual medium like comic books or um animation basically be a writer for like a show yeah. or a or a comic or be the, the artist for that as well yeah even though i know it's a little more like tasking but Basically, yeah. If I if I were to put it in a very succinct way, like I, I want to either be a storyteller or a direct art director for like a video game. For sure, yeah. yeah. That's uh, I think uh, I, that's one of actually whenever I talk to people here at the office, uh, that is one of the most common dreams. Like we a lot of us, we want to make a video game sometimes. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I mean, uh, when you're inspired by a game to do things, you kind of start thinking like, what what can I contribute? Like, what can I give back? Mm-hmm. Because that's what, like, for example. I would not have 
I would not be working with Fangamer if it wasn't for the love of Earthbound, you know? Because, mm-hmm. like, that's how I met... That's how I started out at WooStartman.net way back then, was I played Earthbound in college after I trashed it as a kid. <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> maybe 15 years later, I'm like, you know what, let's give this game a chance. And immediately, re- re- like, realize if I had played this as a kid, it would have defined, like, who I was. Mm. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, you, you're so inspired by the medium that you you are compelled to give back. Like, you, you want to find a way to, like, well, how can I do this, too? So that someone else can feel inspired, like yeah. how, how can I make somebody else feel the way that I felt when I did this? Yeah, yeah. how can I how can I drive someone to create more? You know, like I, I try to remove myself from it because I don't want to sound like I'm gonna be a director, but like <laughs> um, th- just just in a way, like how how what can I do so that people feel inspired to create something better? Like that yeah. that's what I want to tap into when For I sure. say storytelling and directing mm. got to pa- pass it on keep the keep the yeah, keep yeah. it rising into the future exactly because yeah, you for you you do something enough you play enough video games you look at enough art and you start formulating your own opinions and you want to express mm-hmm. your opinions on a thing knowing that those only came from seeing other people's yes opinions. but also not just opinions but like your life experiences yes your your like like the the feeling like the raw emotions yeah of, of or how, how can you like relay in a in a way that's like palatable and, and like relatable the things you've been through like growing up yeah and and more than just like retelling what happened to you but in a way that like is conveyed through a character that you can invest yourself in yeah that kind of stuff yeah and yeah there do you, you think is earthbound like the touchstone for the kind of video game you'd want to make like it used to be um at, especially at the time i played it but i i like the thing with this is that you want to you want to be inspired by it, but you don't want to try and duplicate it. No, you know? yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. It, it, it inspires like in tone and atmosphere. Yeah, well, what like, you want to carry over like a two D RPG. No, you got it. Like you you want to carry over the atmosphere. You want to carry over the emotional core. Mm, oh, the atmosphere. Oh, you want to make an Assassin's Creed. <laughs> well, set, sure. Set, set in the Earthbound world. <laughs> Wow, you know, I, I never put those go. two together Assassin's until Creed today. Foresight. Here we go. Yeah, exactly uh, right. but there you go. <laughs> that was fun. All right, let's go. Anyway, Ian, your dream project? Uh, make that video game. Yeah. <laughs> um, my dream project. Like when you first said that, I my my head went to like, oh, dream T-shirt, but like large scale, like yeah, sky's blue sky, Ooh, I blue went, sky, blue sky. Yeah, I, like I Ooh, said, I went astronaut. A, oh yeah, make a video game, right? Like <laughs> yeah, okay, there you but go. it would be oh, but it's, it's like the frustrating version where I want to do all of it. Uh-huh. Like, oh, but you yeah, that's be, not impossible. Like you want to be a developer? Oh, no, yeah, I want I want to like learn 3D and do that. Like, do most of the music. Hey, let me tell you music. something. Like, let me tell you something. Ian. Iwata was a programmer. That's true. Before he was. Nintendo man. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say, what I'm trying, what I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to say is that the reason he was so valued as a as a as a staff mm. is because he's been through like the he was through the nitty gritty stuff. Like yeah, he he actually like 
Oh yeah, he saw development. He saw yes. all the pieces. That's wasn't just an exact. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Like he, yeah, he yeah. knew. He knew at the core of like what creation required out of you. Yeah, it wasn't um, Re- Reggie who came from making the the Bigfoot. Uh, hey, pizza. listen. What, you know, yeah, no, wow. no, no, I'm not, not trying <laughs> to right, slam Andrew, Reggie. Reggie. I'm just saying. <laughs> listen, God bless him for that pizza. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love Reggie. Let's we be clear. Stand only Doug Bowser on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, what, what I'm trying to say is like there is a lot of value in like learning the ropes, learning the aspects and like what it takes to create a game. Because when I like mm. one thing I one thing I kind of don't like about telling people that I want to be a game director mm. is because it sounds like I want to just shortcut into it. Right. Like I just want to no, yeah. like leap once and there I am. I am director of something. Like I think it's actually very important to understand what the team effort is yeah and how you play a role into that that it's not just about you when you're creating something Mm. um and i think that's why like i have a lot of respect for people who like make their own games Mm. is because they've (laughs) that's you said you don't want to do that thing and i'm like ooh, that's exactly what i want to do i just (laughs) it just be me in a room just doing my own thing but which is fine but that will require a lot of it would be scaled to what can one person create Mm. in this space rather than like oh i'm gonna like i'm gonna make my own mmo right (laughs) i i do understand sort of the limits of what one human can can make in that space yeah yeah but i just yeah i like exploring that kind of stuff yeah you gotta you gotta find like the right team of people yeah and you gotta make yourself a part of the team of people or you gotta be ready to check out from the rest of the world for five years and make stardew valley yeah 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 yeah. i mean it's that that is always like a thing i I mean like that is always a possibility too but it it, it's always like it always requires and i'm sure like any independent dev can attest to this it always requires an amount of of your humanity to Mm -hmm. like dedicate yourself so much to that and and you know a lot of people see the reward and think yeah that's what i want to do not to not to like downplay what you're saying in it's just that like you do have to remember how much that requires mm-hmm. oh yeah it's why i've never I haven't done it yet <laughs> it's why, it's, I, I, i'm at the bottom of this mountain and i know how tall it is and it's like oh all right as long as you're ready late nights for a long time hey to be fair to be fair like what you said because of because there is like a proven way that it works what you said is more achievable than anything i just said no i mean like it's you just start small like start small involvement in a game see the little Ah, bits see the pieces see the moving parts like the the folks in game development that i've kind of followed through their careers when they get asked how did you get started making video games it was like I ended up here through like the most circuitous route. Like, I was yeah, in the like, bank community, mm-hmm. or like I was doing community management, or this or that. And you see one chunk of how it's made, and that, and how that piece comes together with the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And you get involved in more and more and more. I mean, that's how you get to direct a game is just be around it a bunch, right? Like, be around it a bunch, and yeah, I think yeah. most importantly, I think it applies for both of us is just. Learning like the 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 ugly side of it, I guess it's, yeah. it's like the more the most real way I can say it without going into it. Learning right. that it's super hard. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. all right. 
Uh, well, we're going to have to wrap up pretty soon, but uh, right. I have one final question for you guys. Hey, um, let's go. Are you guys playing any games right now? And if so, what is it? Ooh. I'm playing a lot of video games. games. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to start yeah, this one too? Because, oh my God. So, like, uh, I had I just finished my 170 hour run of Dragon Quest XI wow. on hey. PS4. All right. <laughs> So not even the new one that just came out. Um, Is it good? I actually really liked it. I, I mean, I imagine, like, if it wasn't, you might have turned off <laughs> I somewhere before the every second of it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, with, uh, with Dragon Quest, I have a weird history because I have not played a Dragon Quest since it was called Dragon Warrior. Mm-hmm. And it was number three, I think, was the last one I played. So going back into it was, I think 11 was like the perfect one to get back into because it references 3 a lot and it's the one I'm most familiar with. Sure. Yeah. And I, I, can, I can see like looking back at the history of Dragon Quest how some of them were not as good as others. So I was able to like skip all of that. <laughs> yeah. I, feel, I feel bad because I'm just kind of inserting myself into the fandom now, but like I, I did enjoy Eleven a lot, like I more than I thought I would. I thought I would get bored with it, maybe twenty hours down the line, and think I was just tedious grinding. But um, I really like the writing. Um, I like the the characters a lot. Um, I like that it's just a very chill. Like you just controller wine in your other hand and just <laughs> playing. You know, just taking it easy. Huh. Um, only thing I don't really like much is the music in it. I don't think it's as memorable as the other games. Other than that, I, I still play Smash occasionally, um, just because I like to... That's that's probably my go-to multiplayer game. Uh, who's your man? Oh, boy. So, it's been a long time. Like, I've been playing since 64, so I have a lot. Sure, sure. But... I always default to Ganondorf. All right. Like, whenever I'm in trouble, when I'm like, I don't know if I can do it, Daddy Dorf speaks to me. He's like, you know you can do this. You got this. Give him the warlock punch. All right, well, who, who's, who's your fun main? Like the Fun main? Yeah. Little like, Mac. Little Mac. Right. Because oh. everyone underestimates him. Everyone still thinks, oh, it's just Little Mac. I can I can just, like, just dodge. Him. I can just <laughs> jump over him. They don't really, nobody, like, it, it's actually, I feel bad because, like, I can tell when someone hasn't fought a little mac because they don't know how fast his smash attacks are and how quick they come out they they think they can just like block them and wait or like attack and like and they, they also forget that their their little mac has armor they don't like 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 people who haven't played the game a long time don't know this so they try to attack me out of my smash attack and i'm like nobody you're done i'm sorry bye i feel bad for that I have the highest GSP with him because I win so much just because I catch people off guard. I feel really bad. And I guess, like, sometimes I use Palutena, sometimes I use Ness. I'm actually picking Ness back up. I haven't mained him since Brawl, which is funny. Actually, no, I made him in 3DS, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, no, Smash is another I like game. I like, if you let me go on, I will. Sure. <laughs> I like that, that uh, your time with Little Mac is, like, thematically taught for that character. It's just everyone underestimates him. Like... <laughs> Isn't it like in character that's, too? Yeah, that's great. Right. He's just like <laughs> starting from the bottom, and you know, he, kick, yeah. he kicks, he kicks butt. Yeah, he's you just know? and it's like, what is this little boy yeah, doing this here? Guy. Did yeah, about the armor. Where has he got the hidden? It's just like I don't know. Under the, he's just he's just under, full of fire. Yeah, on and the inside. Good. Uh, yeah. What video games have I been playing? Super Smash Brothers. Right. <laughs> you. Uh, uh, your main good. One? My main. That that's the thing. I just bought Ultimate like a week ago. 
Oh I, boy, I was unlocking everybody. It's, it's really frustrating trying to unlock everyone because I played Super Smash Brothers uh, untitled or like unsubtitled for Wii U. Oh, oh right? I hate that name. Uh, Just call it Smash Four. It's Smash what everybody 4, does. Uh, yeah, I like that. There, that like thirty percent of the Smash Brothers games are called Super Smash Brothers. Uh, <laughs> I played that a bunch, so I held off on getting Ultimate for a long time. Now that I picked it up, it's mm-hmm. good. It's fun having a rough time trying to get everyone again that, that's probably the biggest criticism i have of it it's like everyone is here but what do you what does that come with <laughs> they yeah. make you unlock everyone yeah <laughs> so and yeah I, I run into a few frustrations with it and in the way that the classic mode run for everyone is standard and doesn't shift like there's no randomization to each character's classic mode yeah that, i feel that's like the mode that i always have fun with like in all the other ones? Really? I feel yeah. like, okay, there are some characters that have a bit of a curveball with their classic mode just because they try to be, like, very thematic to them. Yes. Okay. But if you replay it, it's the same every time. So, like, l- my main is Link, and I'm trying to get to Toon Link. Eventually. Oh, you're saying, so okay, you're saying every, every time you play same, it with Link, yeah, it's you're, the you're, same yeah, thing. Yeah, versus the ah, same I see what you're saying. Every time okay, all right. Versus a bit of, a bit of randomization in the other yeah, ones, yeah. which is... Fine, and I get it. And that that ends up being an interesting gameplay experience because it's forcing me to play other characters because I'm getting bored with the one I want to play with. I mean, the toy I want to play with. I think that's, that's by design, now. yeah. I've yeah. Got, yeah, exactly. It, it's just annoying because it's getting me to an interesting thing by making me kind of frustrated <laughs> with it. Okay, okay. Right? That, that part I get. Yeah. Like, it's working against like, me. Like, wait, but, I got to play as Sonic? Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right? Like, But it's good because it actually forces you to involve yourself with the rest of the game instead of just doing the one mode over and over which is totally what yeah, i would it's do one, it's it's like a it's like a, a gift and a curse of having such a big roster yes yeah yes but i'm looking forward to hey playing the rest of it i'm hey. looking forward to yeah. you getting really good at it and then we can smash i'm already <laughs> i'm already Please, I'm already oh, sorry. Whoa, okay, always, he's not bad at the game. No, just no, I'm not bad. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not. I'm not as good as I thought I was. I gotta say. No, see, no, see. Okay, you. No, you gotta play yourself up, though. This is how it works. You gotta, hype you gotta up. be you gotta, like. Gotta, mm, gotta watch Jorge, this match next time. Yeah, Jorge, you're going next down. time. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Next well, time I'll see you, Jorge. You're going down. Yeah, that's a that's a really good matchup. I'm bringing down the king of evil. You heard it here first, folks. That's how you gotta do it. <laughs> All right, let's let's finish this podcast off now because uh, I have to leave and go pick up my son from daycare. Oh, so listeners, if you have any questions you'd like to ask, please send them to us. You can email your questions to your friends at fangamer.com or you can tweet them to at fangamerfriends. You can also send us audio questions. Simply record yourself and email the audio file to your friends at fangamer.com. Wow. Whether via text or audio, you can ask us pretty much anything. Though, depending on the question, I can't guarantee a sincere answer if it's outside of our areas of expertise. <laughs> We're all experts at the subject of Fangamer, but in addition to that, I'm an expert at finding good deals on candy to give kids full boxes and bars for Halloween. Yo. What are some of your areas of expertise outside of Fangamer, Jorge and Ian? Okay, first of all, though, we're going to have to talk about how to get those boxes of candy for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to loop back to that after the pod. That's some good info. Anyway, how about you go first? What am I an expert in? Outside of Fangamer? Outside Okay, of little known fact about Ian, he has a physics degree. Oh, wow. I, I yeah. do have a physics degree. That's science I'm not, an exp- I'm not an expert yeah. in it. That's why I left it. Oh, no. But, it's still, um, but you still like the space, so there I, you go. Yes. Um... <laughs> 
I wouldn't classify. I'm. That's the thing is I'm not an expert in anything. I like being a jack of all trades. I like dipping my mm-hmm. toe in tons of stuff. You have an eye for good looks. Ooh, your fashion. Ooh, hey, spot on. Thank you. Wow. But I was. You took me to related. the. You took me to Zara once uh, when we were in Seattle. <laughs> I didn't know what to do with myself. Yes. I was like, I don't. What do you do? And you're just like trying on like these coats, and I'm like. Okay, I guess I'll try on a coat too. Yeah, like I don't have an eye for this. I don't. I wear graphic store. tees. That's what. I, that's my line of fashion. Clothes in a clothes store. Wow. That's how it works. Yep. So it. Ian, master of fashion uh, and physics. Okay. And physics. <laughs> physics fashion. fashion. Yo, what do I do? I mean, for a while, I was really into like game collecting and like and not like I don't want to say game trivia because that's such a tired <laughs> term but nobody, I mean, like, nobody's been a master at that yet so uh, <laughs> at least I'm no not, not a master at all not a master <laughs> at all but one of my interests for some reason is just learning as much as i can about like all these niche things um especially with retro games like i i don't know it, and it's not even that i'm good at it it's just that it's something i really like mm. like especially you, you it, might know a few things that other people might not know yeah so like think and and it's very it's also the most vanilla stuff too like Oh my god, when I found out that um, Link's Awakening, which is another game I'm playing, by the way, the remake, mm-hmm. when I found out it was like the spiritual successor to another game called For the Frog, the Bell Tolls or something, mm-hmm. right? Um, from, uh, Kaido Notame. come from? Mm-hmm. I was like, I need to play this because that's like amazing to me. I love those little, I love those deep cuts, like mm-hmm. that, that kind of like like unknown history that a lot of people don't talk about that's what it is it's like i have a i, I have this really fondness for this Ooh. this fondness for like the stuff the the game history that people don't talk about anymore stuff that's irrelevant now but shaped the games we enjoy today uh, all right so like yeah. it's it's yeah it's like it's really interesting to see my friends play undertale and i can pick up on like the references like what it draws it like from and i'm like you guys would love super mario rpg because there's a <laughs> lot of like like that there's a lot of that in there or or like uh earthbound or illusion of gaia like all these mm-hmm. little like like man I, I really want to talk to toby sometime about this because like i i i can see like oh oh these are like like i i know i know what inspires you seeing this yeah, yeah that, i remember specifically watching him one time playing illusion of gaia and like the people like each of the characters had like their own little thing whenever the their text would come up yeah their own little voices uh-huh. and he's like you know if i ever make a game i want to do something like this <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah so <laughs> you pick up on no oh my i'm glad you brought that up because one of the things like illusion of gaia is one of those games that nobody talks about anymore mm-hmm. but you would be surprised how many games it inspired like For sure. yeah yeah like the even little things like that like every character has a little a different pitch to the sound their the letters on their text box makes that whenever I see that in every other game, I'm like illusion of Gaia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. Let's see here. Uh, so that pretty much does it for us this week. Yeah. Uh, real quick, any final thoughts? I am hungry. Yeah. Less <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. Thanks for thanks for having us. Thank you so much for having us. Oh yeah, for absolutely. Sure. Yeah, like it was it was fun to be here. It's fun to be in Tucson. This is like probably the first and last time I'm going to see this studio space. For but sure. it's been great. Um, cool. So yeah. All right, well, thank you so much, Ian and Jorge, for joining me this week. Listeners, if you'd like to support this podcast, please consider buying something from the Fangamer store. Absolutely. Alternately, just share us with your friends, tweet about us, or even tweet at us. Thank you, Super Soul Brothers, for the music on this podcast. And thank you, listener, for listening. We're your friends at Fangamer. Try to make someone smile today, and let's plan on hanging out again next week.
No, so yeah. Uh, hi. Hi. Hi, uh, hello. Uh, hello, hi. Uh, uh, just start gold blooming. <laughs> Can you gold bloom? Not very. Uh, Do a gold bloom. Not on purpose. Only when it's not on purpose. Oh, I hate that, right? Like, when people put <clears> me <throat> on the spot. I can do a completely not on purpose impression of um, Christopher Walken. Ooh. But if you put me on the spot, it's the worst thing ever. Yeah, I can't do anything on the spot. Yeah. Asking questions? Oof. Not good. Genuinely, <laughs> uh, I couldn't come up with, like... When you said the scariest thing was, like, that they told you you were going to be on a podcast. Oof. I mean, that was funny. I Thank you. It. Here I am telling you, like, life stories, and Ian's just like, yeah, a minute ago uh, is the most terrifying I've been. <laughs> my, current, my current moment is always right. the most scariest. That's my secret. <laughs> I'm always scared. I know. That's uh, my secret, too. <laughs> when, they, when they asked me, like, what is the, scary, the most scared you've ever been? I was mm. like, where do I begin? <laughs> you've got a lot, like, like do I in, Do and, I... Do I talk about like like the real shit? Like do <laughs> do I talk about like when I was really freaking scared? Yes. C- continue and we'll we'll splice it in. 